Welcome to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette, with your host Steve Garrett, MC and DJ at one of the largest Corvette weekends in the country, Corvette Fun Fest, president of the Corvette Club of Kansas City, Missouri, and radio disc jockey at the number one radio station in Kansas City for over 40 years. Here's Steve Garrett. Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by Mid-America Motorworks. Pursue your passion at mamotorworks.com. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. I appreciate you tuning in. You can listen to Corvette Today on all podcast platforms. You can also listen on your smart device. Just say Alexa or Hey Google. Play the podcast called Corvette Today and you're connected. Also, visit the Corvette Today website. It's corvettetodaypodcast.com. And while you're there, make sure you visit the Corvette Today merchandise store. You can also sign up for Corvette Today emails, notifications, and updates at corvettetoday.ck.page. And don't forget, join the Corvette Today Facebook group. We have over 3,400 members, and I'd love to have you as a member as well. I'm also excited to tell you about the new YouTube channel for Corvette Today. See your favorite Corvette Today podcasts now on YouTube. First, I'd like to thank our flagship sponsors of Corvette Today, Aerolari Wheels, a true forged wheel with over 20 unique design styles to choose from for your C8 and wide-body versions of the C7, C6, and C5 Corvette. It's an absurd value starting at only $19.88 for a set of four fully forged wheels. And now use the new promo code CT111, that's CT111, and get $100 off your purchase. Visit aerolari.com, that's A-E-R-O-L-A-R-R-I.com, with the new promo code CT111 for your $100 discount. Also, Corvette Fever Magazine. Corvette Fever has been relaunched with an online and printed version. The online version has incredible interactivity with hidden photos and information, and the printed version is nothing like you've ever seen before, huge and glossy. Get your free online version at CorvetteFeverMag.com. You can also sign up for the printed version there as well. Corvette Fever Magazine, come along for the ride. Also, MidEngineCorvetteForum.com, the forum that focuses on the new mid-engine C8 Corvette. Meet a lot of fellow Corvette enthusiasts like yourself at midenginecorvetteforum.com. Also, a shout-out to canadiancorvetteforum.com, welcoming Corvette owners from around the world. My guest on Corvette today is a returning guest. He was on podcast number 15 in late July of 2020. He was an ABC anchorman in Dallas. He wrote, produced, and directed the Corvette documentary called The Quest. His Hooked on Vets Corvette collection, along with 120-plus neon signs, is going up for sale at the Mecham Auction in Glendale, Arizona, next month in mid-March. Please join me in welcoming back to the show Mr. Michael Brown. Michael, it's great to have you back on Corvette today. Hey, Steve. It's good to hear from you, and thank you so much for having me back. It's wonderful to have you here, buddy. First of all, the big question is, Michael, you've amassed a, a terrific Corvette collection called Hooked on Vets. The first thing that comes to my mind and everybody listening to this podcast is, why are you selling everything? I know that's the most common question I've been getting, and it's kind of hard to answer. Flippantly, I've been saying, I plan to live forever, but just in case I don't, <laughs> I have amassed a pretty good collection, a lot of things. In case my plan of living for eternity doesn't work out, I'm not sure my kids and grandkids would appreciate having to manhandle all of the things that I've amassed. That's a silly answer, but actually, I've just gotten to a point in life where, first off, a part of the whole process for me is the hunt 
and the acquisition. I've enjoyed that so much for the past few years. A lot of your listeners, perhaps most, will know the name Ron Pratt from Chandler, Arizona. He's a very successful businessman, and I don't put myself anywhere near his category. But for several years, all of us enjoyed watching Ron sit on the front row at Barrett-Jackson every year. And no matter what car came along or what piece of road art, if he wanted it, he was going to get it. He could outbid everyone. And he built an enormous collection. Again, mine doesn't even fall into the corner of what he was able to do. And I remember at some point he said, you know, I enjoyed doing that. Now it's time to turn my attention to something else. So in a very small part, I guess I'm a little bit like Ron Pratt and perhaps other collectors. Again, a lot of the fun was collecting. I've had to compartmentalize the nostalgia part over in my brain saying, look, yeah, I really do hate to give this up, but it's time to do something different. I will say after the sale, and I'll say it again after the sale, I have not yet owned my last Corvette. But this is just sort of a mid to later life readjustment that has been kind of fun in in itself. So long answer to your question, but no specific reason. But that's sort of a general thinking that as I approach this. Well, I kind of thought that would be the case, Michael. And it's a good time to sell. The market is just on fire right now. I love the Hooked on Vets collection. Tell me how you put all that together. Well, I never, and probably most collectors would say this, I never set out to have a collection. I've only dreamed, as you know, I've told you before, back in high school when I saw my first Corvette, which was a 63 10th anniversary split window coupe. And I said, someday I hope to have one of those, never thinking that I would. And it took 22 years before I did. I never imagined I'd be able to afford or own one Corvette. But after I got that, it was the only one that I had for a number of years. And then I had the financial ability maybe to add one more, and I started looking around. And so it was a process of evolution. And the same thing with the neon signs. I bought a sign or two and really enjoyed owning that. It's just sort of a process of evolution. One day you wake up and you've got, oh my gosh, where did all these come from? (laughs) How long did it take to put the collection together? As far as the Corvettes, with the first one, the 63 split window, I acquired that in 1985. Again, never intending to have a collection, but I guess that would be the starting point. It would be several years before I bought the second Corvette. Time-wise, for a timeline from the beginning up until now, it was 1985 when I bought the first one. So here we are at 37 years Now, I was not collecting all of that time, and certainly the neon signs didn't come along until about 15 or 17 years ago when that started. But overall, it's almost four decades. Amazing. Now, tell me what happens now, now that you've decided to sell the collection. How does Meekum come in and get it and ship it out? You know, that's an interesting question, and I've never done this. Of course, I've been to many Meekum auctions and know many people associated with Meekum.com, and I've watched his growth over the years. It's been amazing what he's done with his business and the presence he now has. But when I decided to do this, I contacted Meekum because I knew what their capability was. I just never experienced it firsthand. And you can imagine, Steve, you know how many major auctions that organization does each year. It's almost one a month. 
and they have to work so far in advance because there are so many almost limitless details to pull this off. And it's like many, many years ago when I worked in broadcasting and I was a newsman and anchorman, and the news went on at 6 p.m., whether you were ready or not. So you <laughs> better be ready because when you got a cue from the floor director said you're on the air live, you better be ready. Well, it's sort of like this with one of these enormous auctions they've publicized to tens of thousands of people. In most cases, there'll be that many people and more at the auction. So you better be ready. Well, in order to do that, they just have dozens of people. And when I contacted them and we struck an arrangement, they immediately sent a person or two to walk through the collection and get an overview. And then for the last two months, literally, it's just been an ongoing process. They sent a crew down to produce still photography for all the cars and all the neon signs. Recently, they sent a video production crew who was here for several days shooting all of them and interviewing me. I have to say their promotional capabilities and attention to detail has been amazing. But as far as the physicality now that this monster is in motion and the date of the auction is coming up, which is March 16th through the 19th in Glendale, which is a suburb, as most people know, of Phoenix. So they will literally later this month, they're going to send six or eight men, several trucks. And they will begin the process of taking down these dozens and dozens of neon signs, some of them weighing hundreds of pounds apiece. And they will take them one at a time. And then on site, another crew will be building lumber crates for each individual sign. Then they'll be put on 18-wheelers and transported. It's a machine, a well-oiled machine, but an amazing amount of work. Because it took us years to put these signs up one at a time as I bought them. They're going to take them all down, crate them, and transport them across several states in about 12 days. Wow. I'm actually anxious to see how they do it. That will be interesting to see a behind-the-scenes footage film of that, putting it all together and shipping it over to Glendale. It really will. I know that the Hooked on Vets collection, you really focused on black Corvettes and or silver Corvettes. Tell me more about that and where that inspiration came from. Yeah, I don't know where that came from, Steve, except that I've always thought a black car, if it's kept clean, is absolutely stunning. Some people say, no, no, it's got to be red, or it's got to be white, that's a personal thing. But for me, a black car that is kept spotless is absolutely gorgeous. Contrastingly, if you let a black car get dirty, it really shows the dirt. True. So anyway, I was always attracted to a black car or a combination of black and silver. And if you think about it, and if you've seen the pictures, the 63 split window is a Sebring silver exterior, but it has a black interior. So those two colors just speak to me. So I bought the 63 split window. And then years later, when I bought the second car, which was the 62, it also just happened to be silver with a black interior. And I just locked in on that color combination. And that's where it's remained as I collected the remainder of the Corvettes. There you go. And I know that you've got almost every generation represented except for C4. If you had to keep one or two cars, Michael, which ones would it be? Well, sentimentally, of course, I would have to keep the 63 split window coupe. That's the one that started it all for me. And as I mentioned before, and I told you earlier, and I'm really dating myself here, I was a junior in high school when that car came out. I was growing up and going to high school in a small southeastern Oklahoma town. Certainly never saw one come through town, never saw one in person. 
But I said, someday I'm going to have one of those. That's how I wound up with that first car, and it evolved from there. That's a great story. Let's take our first break, Michael, and coming up, we're going to talk more about the neon signs here on Corvette Today. American Hydrocarbon is your one-stop shop for custom interior, exterior, and engine bay items for your C4 through C8 Corvette. We can help you create a custom look for your Corvette with carbon fiber or 10 different color patterns and styles. Whether it's a custom-made engine cover for your new C8 mid-engine Corvette or custom-made C4 interior upgrades, American Hydrocarbon can help you transform your Corvette into a best-in-class show car. And now we're proud to announce that we can produce and distribute officially licensed GM products for the C8 Corvette. That includes the front splitter, side skirts, engine appearance panels, and engine fluid caps. Plus, we now also carry the C8 Speedline side skirts along with the engine appearance package and high wing. Our products have been featured in VET and Corvette magazines. Give us a call, 813-476-5638. Visit our updated website at AmericanHydrocarbon.com or email us at pat at American AmericanHydrocarbon.com. Let us help you make your Corvette the car you've always wanted it to be. American Hydrocarbon. Hey, honey, are you awake? Mm, I am now. I can't sleep. Since turning 50, I keep dreaming of a red door and a blue door, somehow knowing there are only choices for retirement. Okay. Through the red door, we outlive our money. We have to rely on our kids. We're stuck on a fixed income. It's terrifying. Yeah, that would suck. But through the blue door, our money outlives us. We retire on our terms. Our kids stay our kids, not our caretakers. We make work optional. Yes, that's much better. That's what I I want to, but what do we do? We call True Wealth and Company at 913-653-8783. They specialize in helping successful people make work optional. They're our fiduciary Blue Door personal wealth managers. Hey, where are you going? It's 3 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm going to check out True Wealth and Company online at retirewithtrue.com. That Blue Door is going to be our retirement. 913-653-8783. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com. Investment advice offered through True Wealth and Company, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Kansas. And now, back to Corvette Today with your host and my husband, Steve Garrett. Hey, thanks for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by MidAmerica Motorworks. Pursue your passion at mamotorworks.com. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me is the legendary Corvette Nation TV host, Michael Brown. In this second segment, we're going to talk about all the neon signs going up for sale at the Mecham Auction in Glendale, Arizona in mid-March. Michael, you own about 125 neon signs. Talk about how you got started collecting those and your interest in neon signs. Well, it sort of was an evolutionary process as well, Steve. And, you know, I grew up in the era, and I'm really dating myself again. I grew up in the era when neon signs were just everywhere. They were a part of my downtown existence. My first job, besides a paper route, in Hugo, Oklahoma, the summer between my sixth and seventh grades, I got hired to work at a local dry goods store, though we called it back then, a department store. It was called the People's Store. This was long before Walmart came into America and changed small town America. So everyone went to this store and got their school clothes and shoes and so forth. And I worked as a clerk. I had to wear a shirt and tie. I was 13 years old. I sold clothes out front. I had to clean out the restrooms in the back. I helped offload the trucks. Anyway, that was my experience in working in this dry goods store. It was called the People's Store, and out front, there was a 12-foot-tall, vertical, double-sided neon sign that said the People's Store, 
and Red Goose Shoes, and it had a Red Goose Shoes logo on it. Wow. So that was just an icon of my youth. Flash forward 40 years or more, when my parents were still living in Hugo, and I was located here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I would frequently go up there. And about 12 or 14 years ago, I went up there one time. Of course, that store had long closed. The sign was gone. I found the sign out north of town. It was derelict. All the neon was broken and gone or whatever. But I recovered that sign, and it took me weeks to find someone who could restore a sign. Nobody works on these for the most part these days. So that was an icon of my youth. In the meantime, as I was building the Corvette garage beginning in 2006 at a new house we had acquired, and I built the garage from the ground up, I was putting Corvettes in there, but I thought, well, I need some decor, some road art. I didn't know that was a term for it back then. But I just started buying a few signs. And initially, some of the signs that I bought were Corvette-related or automotive-related, but contemporary signs that you can buy off of eBay or anywhere now. Nothing historical, just window signs, some of them are called, and just decorating the walls with those. But then I had occasion to buy a couple of original porcelain neon signs from the 50s. And they were just so neat that I started focusing more and more attention on those. And ultimately, I got to the point of putting all the Corvettes that would fit in the garage. You know, no matter how big your garage, you're going to fill it up. Absolutely right. So I got to that point. So I was focusing then more on just adding neon signs and going after original ones put those in the space that remained in the Corvette garage. And then we owned a home next to our property that we don't live in. It's a vacant house, but we have a property manager and some day employees and they sort of hang out there and his office is there. It had a room that would lend itself. It was two-story to putting neon signs in there. So my collection then stopped with the Corvettes because I was out of room and it spilled over into this house next door adjacent to the Corvettes. And then ultimately, I filled that up with neon signs. <laughs> Anyone can go to Meekum's site now for the Glendale sale, and you can see a lot of really neat pictures that they took of the sign. So that sort of evolved, too. And I really got into neon signs. Talk about the most unique sign that you've got there, Michael, that'll be going up for sale. Well, the first one that I mentioned, the shoes and the red goose, the people store sign, that's sentimental to me, obviously, because I worked under that sign way over a half a century ago. But there are a number of them that really are special. Some of them are recent acquisitions. Some of them I've owned for several years. In every instance, where possible, I tried to get at least a photo or two of the sign when it hung in its environment, wherever that was. And they have come literally from all over the United States. One of the more recent acquisitions is a sign that I had restored, my, my sign guy, and it says Maxie's monogrammed hats. Wow. And then it's got a flashing street sign of 46th and Broadway. And this is about a 10 foot wide sign that hung over a 10 foot wide store right in Midtown Manhattan at Times Square. And it was one of those places where all the tourists go to get monogrammed hats or snow globes or whatever. And this sign literally has been seen in person by millions of people. And probably not a single one of them, unless it happened to be a neon sign collector, would have even noticed. But it turned out so beautifully that it just really made a unique sign. Another one that I'll mention is the Paramount Pictures sign. And probably if I had decided to keep 
any one sign, that may have even been it. When you see this sign, you realize the workmanship that went into creating and the bending of metal. This is a classic Paramount Pictures sign and logo in script that everyone who's a movie buff has been familiar with your whole life. This sign was on the back lot at Paramount Pictures in Hollywood for many, many years, and I've never seen another one like it. Up close to see what it took, again, to bend this metal and do it in porcelain enamel is just breathtaking. It's such a unique sign. I understand there's already been a lot of interest in that. So each sign tells a story. I have two or three signs that actually hung on Old Route 66, which I love the history of that. And that still is the most famous highway in the world, probably. And people come from all over the world. So again, each sign, where possible, I've gotten to know its history. And each one, just like the Corvettes, is unique and holds a special part in my collecting heart, if you will. Are there one or two signs that'll bring a tear to your eye when they cross the block and sell, Michael? Well, possibly the People Store sign because it was the first. And actually, there are two or three more signs that also came from Hugo, Oklahoma, and not all at once. Later, I had a chance to acquire two signs. One is a classic Art Deco Pontiac bullnose sign that also was at a dealership in Hugo and had been in storage for 35 years. And I became aware that it was there. And again, this is a sign from my youth. And that sign is almost flawless. Another one is a big 11-foot vertical Buick sign. It also was at the same dealership. It was a dual dealership. And for obvious reasons, these are signs from my hometown. And they hold a special part. One other is a dual sign called the Erie Theater. And that was our local downtown theater in Hugo, Oklahoma. And as a 10-year-old boy, my buddy and I would ride our bicycle there every Saturday morning and watch movies. It cost a dime to get in the theater back then. Wow. So for many reasons, those signs of my youth will, as you say, possibly bring a tear to my eye, but they're very special. That's for sure. Well, Michael, let's take our final break. And coming up, we're going to talk more specifically about the Hooked on Vets Corvette collection here on Corvette Today. VetFinders.com is the internet's original Corvette classified ads website with classified ads starting at just $25. And every ad runs until your Corvette is sold. If you're in the market for a Corvette, VetFinders.com has over 500 Corvettes for sale from all around the USA and Canada. Canada and covering all eight generations. Visit VetFinders.com, the Internet's destination for buying and selling Corvettes. That's V-E-T-T-E, Finders.com. MidAmerica Motorworks has been the industry leader and aftermarket supplier and manufacturer of Corvette replacement parts and accessories since 1974. We have what you need for all years and generations of Corvette. Whether you need a door panel or a seat cover for your C1 Corvette or the latest shirt, jacket, hat, or lifestyle accessory to complement your new C8, you can get it at MidAmerica Motorworks. So if you're restoring, repairing, replacing, or simply researching your Corvette, MidAmerica Motorworks is the place to go. Visit our website at mamotorworks.com and shop Corvettes by generation or specific year. Or call us Monday through Saturday, toll-free at 800-500-1500 and talk to one of our Corvette experts to help you get the right part or accessory. Pursue your passion with Mid-America Motorworks. You're listening to the Corvette Today podcast with Steve Garrett. 
Hey, thanks once again for listening to Corvette Today, the podcast that talks about everything Corvette. Brought to you by MidAmerica Motorworks. Pursue your passion at mamotorworks.com. I'm your host, Steve Garrett. With me is legendary Corvette Nation TV host, Michael Brown. In this final segment, we're going to talk more about the Hooked on Vets Corvette collection. Michael, I know that you said in segment number one that the 63 split window was the car that really got you into Corvettes, and that's the same with me. Talk more about that car, and we'll go through all the cars as well. Well, Steve, yeah, the 63 split window is Corvette aficionados, and perhaps people who aren't even Corvette aficionados know, is unique. The 63 split window coupe came out in 63, which was the 10th anniversary of Corvette. First Corvette hit the road in 1953. The 63 was the first time that Corvette offered a coupe. Earlier models had as an option a removable hardtop, but this was the first time a coupe came forward. Again, it was the 10th anniversary. It was a very special design. It was a controversial design. There were two famous engineers, uh, Corvette guys early on, who were involved in the design of that. One of them wanted it and one didn't. Obviously, for 63, the one who wanted it won out. And it's a striking, striking design. But there is a problem. As you sit in the car and look in the rearview mirror, all you see is that center stripe that separates the two windows, thus the split window. And I remember guys back then were saying it's a perfect place for a motorcycle cop to hide and come up (laughs) behind you if you can't see him. It was controversial, and as a result, in 64, the split rear window went away. It's a solid window. So all of a sudden, okay, you have a one-year, you have an instant classic because it's such a gorgeous design. And that car, that's the one that really, I guess you would have to say, hooked me on bets initially. I set it a goal. It was a very long-term goal and turned out to be a long-term goal to acquire one. But I got that a long time ago. That's wonderful. Also, you've got some really unique cars, and you do have every generation represented except for C4. Talk about some of the Corvettes that are there because you've got a C1, a black C1 that is one of four cars, and then you've got some big block cars that are very rare as well. Well, I do. And actually, at one point, I had a C4 several years ago. My biggest problem is I always bought. I never sold. But I traded my C4 off from the time so I could acquire two C2s. That little transaction gave me one of each of the five C2s from 63 through 67, which for many decades was the shortest generation until more recently when the C7s came along, which also has been a five-year generational thing. So, yes, I have two C1s. One is a 57 Corvette. And that was the first year that both the four-speed and fuel injection were offered on Corvette as an option. It was the last year of a single headlight. And the little 57 is a favorite of several members of my family. It's just a great-looking car. But the oldest car in the C1s and the oldest of my collection is, as you mentioned, a black 54. Again, all Corvette people know that 53 was the first year. They only built 300 Corvettes that first year. Most of them were handmade. They were imperfect in many ways. All of them had a little six-cylinder side draft carburetor. They were putt-putt cars, but they were revolutionary in that they became America's first sports car. Most of us still say America's only true sports car. So there were 300 in 53. All of them were white with a red interior, and they had a beige convertible top. 
In 54, the cars look physically exactly like the 53s, except four colors were offered. Most of them still were in white, but they offered a blue and a red in some numbers that I don't have on the tip of my tongue. And depending on what you read, there were only four that were original black cars in 1954. Now, some things say up to 11 or 12. Nobody really knows for sure. And in fact, nobody knows a lot or absolutely sure. Every now and then, a 54 black one will come on the market, and there is a claim made that this is one in four. Meekum is promoting this as one of the four, and I truly believe it is. I have documentation from a researcher back several years when I bought this. He said, I've looked at this exhaustively. I can find none that were made according to VIN numbers after yours. I feel certain this is one of the original four. At one point, I was at McCacken, many people call the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals, a Bob Ashton show in Chicago every year where NCR's judges give certification to Corvettes. And I asked one, I said, how do you know for sure that a 54 black one is one of the original? He said, it's almost impossible to tell. They really weren't doing trim tags back at the time. Sometimes you can forensically scrape the paint or whatever and tell. But that's a long answer to the question that, yes, this is believed to be one of only four of the original black Corvettes, and it's just in immaculate shape. It's a very special car. It's not a fast car. It's the only automatic Corvette I've ever had until the C8, which, as you know, you can only get an automatic now. All of the others are four-speed or six-speed or seven, depending on the year. But the little 54, yeah, that's the oldest and the anchor of my collection on that end, and it's a really special car. It really is. And Bob Ashton was just on the Corvette Today podcast. Oh, he was. Yes. Well, I'll have to listen to that. I'm going to be down there this November. I'm going to be doing a seminar on the Corvette Today podcast. Oh, terrific. Which one of the Corvettes are you going to miss the most, Michael? Well, different ones for different reasons, Steve, and I'm not hedging. Obviously, the 63, we talked about a tear in the eye. This one will be really special and hard to let go of, but it's time. And as I mentioned, I've had that for 37 years. But they all drive differently. The C2 big blocks that I have, the 66 and 67 with those factory-installed side pipes, I mean, there's nothing like cruising down the road with that. And people hear you, as you know, before they see you. (laughs) Yes. With one of those cars. So those are fun to drive. But then you get into the later years, the C6, the C7, and certainly the C8. I've got a couple of ZR1s that are supercharged. They're just amazing to drive and fun to drive. So for different reasons, each one shares a special, and and they're unique. The 78, which was the longest generation, the C3s, my 78, of course, that's a 25th anniversary car. It was also the first year that Chevrolet was invited to pace the Indy 500, although I don't know why it took so long for them to ask. So that car is fun to drive because it has that long, long nose and a little steering wheel, and you sit there. It's a unique driving experience. And for 15 years, Corvettes sort of looked very similar. So even people who don't know Corvettes, if they see a C3, they say, oh, yeah, that's a Corvette. The 78 that I have is unique in that they made 6,502 of them that year, which were replicas of the Pace car, but only 202 of them were four speeds. I'm not sure why they made so few of them, 
but my car is one of the four speeds and it's fun to drive. They all have their own unique characteristics and it would be hard to pick out which is the favorite to drive. But if you go for speed, obviously it has to be some of the very latest and newest ones. Michael, you have a C8 Corvette that's going to go up on the block as well. Give me your impressions of the C8 and what you think of that car. I've bought a couple of cars in the past and done what's called a museum delivery. So the museum delivery is a really special thing, and it's fun to do at least once. It benefits the National Corvette Museum, but you go there and they do the delivery. And I had done that at least once in the past, but when I bought the C8, I decided to drive it home. Previously, I had shipped it back to Texas. So I took delivery on March 16th of 2020. It was the 273rd C8 that was ever built. And if you start thinking about the dates, that literally is when the pandemic started rolling across the United States. And literally, I chased or it chased me from Bowling Green, Kentucky, all the way back to my home in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. But I got to drive that car 756 miles in the first 48 hours that I owned it. And boy, what a unique experience that was. You forget that the engine is behind you, except for the fact that the hood is so short. You seem to be so close to the pavement up front. But response time and just the feel of driving a C8, it's so quick, it's so light, it's just a totally unique experience. We've been talking about a rear engine or a mid-engine Corvette for decades, but now that it's here, I recommend everybody get behind the wheel one if you can. It's a fun, fun car to drive. It was 60 years in the making, that's for sure. We're going to Glendale, Arizona in the middle of March. Give us the exact dates once again. And if someone wants to preview the neon signs and your Hooked on Vets collection, where can they go see it prior to the auction? Okay, good question. The sales, the Meekum Auction sale in Glendale, which of course is a suburb of Phoenix, the actual sale dates are March 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th. For more information, just simply go to Meekum.com, and then you'll see a list of their upcoming sales, and very near the top of that is Glendale. If you click on Glendale, you can scroll down through and see all of the cars that will be offered, and of course, there are hundreds, but you'll find a couple of headings. One says Hooked on Vets Corvettes, and one says Hooked on Vets Road Art, which is all of my neon signs. And the Meekum people, as I mentioned earlier, have done an amazing job of coming in and photographing each individual car. And I think there's like two and a half or three dozen photos from every angle of every car. And similarly, on the neon signs and other signs, they photograph these from every angle up close. And so you can see every possible area of each sign and car on the Meekum site. They've just done an amazing job of making it available for any person prospective buyer to see and make a decision and feel confident of what they might be interested in. So I hope I'll see a lot of your listeners to this podcast in Glendale next month in March. If any of you who happen to be listening happen to wind up with either one of my cars or some of the road art, some of the neon signs, I hope we'll have a chance to shake hands and say hello. Michael, it's been an honor and a pleasure having you back on the Corvette Today podcast. All the best of luck in the Meekum auction, and I'll look forward to seeing you in March in Glendale. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate you having me back on the show. You're doing a great job with the podcast, and I look forward to seeing you soon as well. 
Thanks for listening to Corvette Today, and please be sure to tell your family, friends, and other Corvette enthusiasts about the Corvette Today podcast. And also thanks to our flagship sponsors, MidAmerica Motorworks. Pursue your passion at mamotorworks.com. American Hydrocarbon at AmericanHydrocarbon.com. True Wealth and Company at RetireWithTrue.com. Also, Aerolari Wheels. Get $100 off your purchase with the new promo code CT111 at Aerolari.com. You've been listening to Corvette Today with Steve Garrett. If you'd like to contact Steve with any thoughts on the podcast or ideas for guests on Corvette Today, you can email him at stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. That's stevegarrettdj at gmail.com. Garrett has two R's and two T's. Or connect with Steve on social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram using at stevegarrettdj. Thanks again for listening to Corvette Today.